BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. From Dear Media and Rom-Com Pods comes a scripted podcast so outrageously inappropriate, we can't believe they let us put it on the air. Meet my best friend, Allie. Like, gross, close best. Hello? Wait. Are you peeing? Everyone loves a messy bitch. And Ellie's life was about to get a whole lot messier. Maybe 2022 is going to be my year. Yeah, 2022 is definitely not going to be her year. Allie's going to bone, marry, and bury three different people. Get it? Bone, marry, bury? Like, fuck, marry, kill? I just wanted to say that, but it didn't clear legal. Ready to play? Introducing Bone Mary Berry, starring Sarah Hyland, Harvey Guillen, and Tommy Martinez. Make sure to follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this. Bone Mary Berry is brought to you by Sakara Modern Fertility, Blueland, and Roderm. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am divorced, not dead. I'm a former Bravo TV star and now former wife. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorced Not Dead. And I'm really excited tonight to be joined by Adrian Malouf. And we've been trying to get together for God knows how long now. And um, with the time difference and everything else, we just haven't made it work till today. So I'm really excited to introduce her for those of you that don't know her. I'm sure most of you do, but she is a businesswoman from Maloof Companies, from Vegas Golden Knights, ice hockey team, Palm Casino, ex-member of Bravo TV's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh my God, you are a saint. You've been married twice and I don't know, are you dating now, Adrian? I was dating someone. It's kind of on the tail end. So I, I'm kind of in that zone of not really sure where this is going. So yeah, that's where I am with that. Well, welcome anyway. Um, Thank you. <laughs> welcome Thank to you. the show. What have you been up to since, I mean, I was an avid Real Housewives of Beverly Hills watcher and I loved you on the show. I know Paul as well, love his work. And I, I, I hear that you are amazing friends now. So, and co-parents, which is fabulous. But I know that obviously going through divorce for anybody is tough, you know, tough to come out the other side. There's always ups and downs. Even me, you know, with my ex-husband, we're, we're sort of, you know, one day it can be amazing. And then the next day you sort of, you could have a legal letter on your right. doorstep, 
You just right. don't know where you are, but that's incredibly normal, isn't it? It is. Yes. And, you know, we were on Real Housewives, Beverly Hills, and that was an incredible experience. But unfortunately, at the tail end, we were in the process of getting a divorce and on a very, you know, public stage. And that... Can I ask you something? Sorry. Do you feel like doing these shows sort of compounded that because you are under such a spotlight and there's so many people do end up getting divorced on these shows and having done one myself, you know, I do understand yeah. the pressure. No, of course. It certainly doesn't help, but is, is it the catalyst to why we, we divorce? I'd say no. That was already in the making. And there's just maybe, I look at it as it did me a favor by ending the, the divorce a little bit sooner than, than dragging it out. So in a way, maybe it was um, a godsend, so to speak. But it's definitely not easy doing doing a show like this and or like that, and and trying to maneuver behind the scenes and your marriage and children. Yes, very difficult, and especially on a public arena. I actually found it quite difficult when you get to watch it back, of course, because you watch it back and and you do see the cracks in your own marriage on screen, which maybe you hadn't seen before. Yes, and you watch it back over and over and over again because there's always reruns and yeah. So you, you never really escape that part of your life on television, I should say. Do you miss doing it? I mean, are you friends with all the girls still? Uh, or? I'm friends with the girls and I occasionally go on and make appearances. But do I miss being a main character? No, I think I'm at a good place in my life now and I'm happy. I miss the camaraderie at times, but would I miss being a, a central character? No. I mean, I think that, as you said, you're extremely busy already. I, mean, it does, I, I don't think people realize how much time these shows take up and how toxically sort of difficult they can become in your life that you need to be able to separate you know home and work really absolutely to, to yeah. juggle it all and you have you have twins as well I do I have three boys my oldest is 18 off to college um and then I have uh, twins that'll be 16 uh, my daughter's so, turning 16. Yeah, busy. Three boys. <laughs> now you and Paul, uh, I mean, how did you get through? Because I know that, you know, just if you could give advice to to people having learned anything from, I mean, I think you've been divorced twice now, right? What what, what are your lessons first, through this? The first divorce was was really annulled. It was, a, it was short, you know, good girl, good guy, not good together, no children. So that, that ended up nicely if you can call divorce nicely I don't know Paul it was much more trickier because we had children together and I have to say it was a lot a lot of work uh, we had to continuously do co-parenting and there were times I finally would say this is enough to have to relive everything but you do it because you have three three children together and you know you have to and it's it's the only way you're really going to make it peaceful is to come out the other end and do the work and and it's continuous work but we're very very good friends now uh, but it took a long a long time to get there how long did it take roughly for you because i mean years. I years it took us years it took us a good three or four years of counseling continuous counseling and it's not to say that issues don't still arise when you have children together it's going to happen but i think we're better equipped to know how to deal with it now and we're very good friends. And I, I think that there, there now is a way to handle these eruptions that will happen. Because if you've got teenagers, they will. 
plus Paul is now remarried. So it's kind of a blended family. Put that into the equation and you you really have to be, you have to really grow up quickly. <laughs> so and, and for the sake of your children. Yes, I mean, absolutely. And I think that, you know, at the end game, and I've always said that, is that we're all stuck together forever, regardless of how the other one feels. Mm-hmm. So I think it's so important that you sort of put your big girl pants on or big boy pants on or whatever it is and said, okay, you know, no matter what, um, we're going to have to do graduation. We're going to have to do birthdays. We're going to have to do everything else together That's because, right. you know, you you can fight. For, I mean, even if you did or didn't fight, you know, you can, or it doesn't change anything. You're still going to have to be in the same room at some point. So, That's correct. Except yes. you might be yes. a bit poorer on the way because <laughs> the lawyers <laughs> have won. <laughs> but I think in the in the long run, if you know, if I could give any advice to people going through divorces, it's very important to to fight for the things that you really believe are worth fighting for, and then the rest, it's just you've got to let it go. You've got to you have to. Um, really be mature about it and let it go because you can't keep fighting and fighting over little things. Fight for what you believe is extremely important and the rest and try to settle because in the long run, the only people that really benefit from divorce are lawyers. Always the lawyers. And at the end of the day, that's mm-hmm. the, that's the money that should be going to your children or to, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the other Absolutely. thing is I think so much of a divorce is ego and you know, one, one of you feels hurt or, embarrassed or whatever it is at the time, because one, somebody invariably, invariably moves on first. I don't know what happened in yours. You know, I do know that I, I moved on first before my ex with a younger man. It becomes very, very difficult because at the beginning, they're sort of fine with everything. And then, then you throw that's another new component to throw in there, which sort of unsettles them, which unsettles mm. everything again. And you start having to, just as you're settling into a rhythm, you know, they sort of throw another bomb at you. So it's sort of, I find it hard to explain or to sort of try and tell people that divorce has so many ups and downs, even afterwards. Yeah, it does. It does. It's a very good point because, you know, after my divorce, about a few years after my divorce, I dated someone younger as well. And I find it interesting in Hollywood that men, date younger women all the time and no one really gives a, you know, a crap about it. But if a woman does it, it's a little bit more salacious. And I can't understand that because I feel like age is strictly just a number. Agreed. And I'm just reading. That's all it is. He was Mm -hmm. 28 years younger, right? And um, you were together four years, which is a proper relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. That's a proper relationship. Yes, and we're still very good friends. I mean, well, Susan Sarandon came on the podcast and she t- she was with someone who was 35 years younger. And she said, I said, Wait, why did you break up? And she said, because of everybody else, not because of us. And I get it. And Sergio and I are 18 years apart. I mean, I get that I must be his sugar mama. I'm only with him, you know, because of the sex, all of these things that are just so insulting, frankly, because, you know, we've been together three years now. I mean, when is it a proper relationship? It could be the furthest from the truth. Maybe you just get along and maybe you enjoy their company. Who would ever think that? Whereas, you know, even with Paul, of course, he married someone you know, much, much younger as well. And no one thinks that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fine. And so I think you just got to not look at a number. Do you know what's funny? Men our age see our age. Younger Uh men don't see our age. That's so true. It's so true. Isn't Isn't it it? funny? They, they recognize, they look, they see the gray hair and they go, Oh no, I could never date a woman that age. And you're like, Mm -hmm. you are my age. 
And then, mm. you know, a young guy is like, you know, literally loves you. Appreciates. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, like every so wrinkle, true. every, everything, you know, my, my husband mm-hmm. doesn't want me to use Botox. I mean, not that he's ever seen me without it. So I think he's, um, <laughs> he <laughs> doesn't, doesn't know what he's asking for. Well, you're beautiful either way. Thank I'm you. Sure. Yeah. But, but it was so interesting to me. I felt older with my ex-husband than I do my new husband, who's 20 years younger. Now, how I'm going to feel in 20 years, I don't know. But, you know, you're, you're a little bit older than me and you had a boyfriend who was 28 years. Did he make you feel old? No, never. Yeah. Now that, we really rarely discussed age. It was others that discussed age because we basically came and, you know, in our situation, they couldn't say he was with me for money because he was from a lot of money. That upsets people even more because you're not only, do you know, you got a, you got a young one with money. They want you to be dating the gardener. <laughs> yes, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Cause that's what makes the story. But yeah. in our case, our backgrounds were very similar so we had a lot to discuss and, and it, you know, very close family values. So um, it just seemed like a normal transition and we're still really, really good friends. In fact, you know, for Valentine's Day, we were talking about going out. We're good friends. It's everyone else, like you said, that may have a problem with it. Isn't that sad? Because, you know, mm-hmm. it does affect you in other ways because you're so, so sick of hearing it. it. Mm-hmm. And then I think mm-hmm. if you hear it enough, you begin to believe the rubbish, don't you? And that's right. You yeah. know, it can yeah. affect a relationship. And it's such, as you said, men have been doing this for years. And actually, mm-hmm. when you really look around, because I, when I, when I started dating Sergio, I really Googled, you know, May to December relationships this way around, like mm-hmm. President Macron and all this, you know, and the, all they say is that he must be gay and she's, she was a man. I mean, it's just awful. He really just loves her. And I, you know, I hate to tell yeah, everyone out there, yeah. but my husband just really, really loves me. And that's it. And actually, that's I think right. we're teaching our kids something valuable. I mean, your sons will definitely grow up knowing that to appreciate women for who they are. Yes. And what, what, you know, how old they are and the money yes. they have. And Yes, absolutely. When you're going through a divorce, though, you think, oh, my gosh, is this ever going to end, right? Yeah. And then you meet somebody that you have an enjoyable relationship with, you know, after your divorce, and you think, well, this is a lot of fun. I enjoy this. I enjoy the person that I'm with. And I think it's, you enjoy the person that you're with because maybe your marriage was just not good for so long. You can, because you're, you're so lonely. to be with somebody that can appreciate what you're about. A hundred percent. And because you're so lonely in the marriage, because, you know, I think if you've been in a long marriage, you tend not to communicate the same way as I communicate now. You know, now that I'm married again, I, I really have an open sort of communication with Sergio, which I didn't have. I think, you know, I was always hiding things from my ex. You know, I didn't want him to know what time I got home, if I was going out with the girls, how much money I'd spent on a pair of shoes, all of that kind of stuff. Now I don't care. I don't have that sort of need to hide things. Yes. I wouldn't go back to that. You realize now you had to maybe go through the storm to find the sunshine, right? A hundred percent. I get asked a lot, by the way, is it, you know, do you think marriage is easier or divorcing? Like, uh, you know, because I mean, I work every day and you, you are an entrepreneur. Do you think you, you were able to walk away just because, because you knew you had the safety because a lot of women stay because they're scared to leave. Certainly that helps. I will say that. 
but it, and it takes a lot of courage for women to lead because normally it's the husband that's the breadwinner. Um, and that just compounds and makes it so much more difficult. But well, any person that has, that leaves a situation that's just not good. And it takes all kinds of, you know, you're, you're playing mental gymnastics. Do I leave or not leave? When you know you've been thinking about it for a while, because no one just decides one day they're going to wake up and get a divorce. Things have been happening along along the way, right? I've always said that. And you I mean, finally people- decide that's enough. I, I'm I'm out of here. I'm done. I think people always want to know that too. So one of the good t- the takeaways from one of my shows, I was called um, How to Know When It's Over or something. I think people are always looking for that sort of answer from us. Like, when did you know it was the end? It's just a feeling you have to have. You just know that it's not going to get better with therapy. It's not going to get better with figuring this out or that out. And the alternative is I'd rather be, you know, Two happy homes are much better than one miserable home. You know, and, and I think divorce is so much, it's much easier when you don't have children involved, obviously. And, you know, divorce is difficult regardless, but, but much, much more difficult when there's young children involved. How young were your boys when you got divorced? Like 12, you know, nine. Okay, so the same age seven, as mine. around there, yeah. So how did you manage the co-parenting? Well, you know, after our divorce which we finally just said, this is enough, we're going to settle because attorneys, again, are the ones that the piranhas there that are going to take and take and take. If they know they can, they will. And if they know you have money, it's even much more difficult because they see a resource there. But you have to kind of know when it's enough's enough and it's hurting the children and we have to settle. And that's where we had to be mature enough to do that, which we did. And then we immediately went into co- co-parenting because I think that's the key because you're not, you're still open wounds. It's very difficult. You need help. Everyone needs help. And for us, it was that third person that could kind of guide us. And then over the years, we used him quite a bit and then we figured it out on our own now, but it was so vital for us. And I think if people could afford it, that's what I would do. Like I look at Kanye and, and Kim and I'm thinking, wow, could co-parenting really help them tremendously if they were both willing to do it? What do you mean by co- so, so one of you sets the rules or you both set rules together and have it in the same no, household? No, you set rules together with the mediator, the person that's in there saying that, that has no you know, ties to either one of you and just can, you know, sometimes the littlest things can set you off and you don't, you just go round and round and round. And so another person that could say, look at, let me think of this logically. Why don't you do this? You do that. And it just makes it for us. It really helped us. And, and I think it can only help in certain situations. That's how I look at that. So you just tend to agree on whatever is agreed at the mediators. So you're that's exactly right. And the yes. kids like having, yes. so you do set routine. And just like you said, it's an ego thing some of the time with this person or that person. So if you have a third person making, helping you make, helping you make decisions, it's not so much of an ego play. Yeah. And, and the kids um, like having that structure. Well, we're no longer doing that because we're way past that. We're friends now and we can pick up the phone and figure things out on our own. I'm not, not to say that we don't, Occasionally we have things that we've got to 
to work out. But for the most part, we're really, really good friends and we can do that on our own now. Could you have ever, because I mean, I always see myself going on holiday with my ex and the kids eventually. Could you have done that or could you do yes. that now? Oh yeah. At this, at this point, yes. Yes. Doesn't that feel Years good? Years ago, I would never have thought that. No. <laughs> I remember, I think I read that it, it was bad at some point, but it doesn't it feel good to be where you are today? Like an achievement. Absolutely. Uh, that's the encouragement. I think people, when they go through a divorce, have to know that there is hope because divorce can be so overwhelming. And in some cases, people say divorce is much more difficult than death. And it can get gloomy, but you have to be able to know you'll be in a better place. You really have to believe that. It's so important to know that you've got to think positive, to know you're going to be in a better place. And it's all, it will all come to fruition. It may not be a year from now. It may not be two years, maybe five years, but you'll eventually see that. Agreed. I think anyone, I think people either fall or prosper. And I think the ones that, you know, it's not about getting more. It's not about getting better. It's just about getting back up. It's simply about getting back up and not feeling pity for yourself and moving on. Once you've moved on, you know, life is so much easier when you let go because you really can sit in the same room and discuss things. And, you know, we have family meetings still and, you know, there's something can always go wrong, but, you know, pretty much I breathe through it. If there's a, if there's a blip, I just breathe and say, tomorrow's a whole new day. And I start again. I can't, it's like, I can't even text and ignore the fight we had the day before. I'll just be like morning and continue on as if nothing's happened. Yes. Yes. You have to have selective hearing <laughs> memory. <laughs> you, have to kinda, you really have to have a sense of humor at the end of the day, because that sometimes is what gets you through some of these situations. You got to be able to ha- just, oh my gosh, laugh at it. If you can, yeah. Who who saw someone afterwards first? Like, do you think that changes the dynamic? No, no, I think he he was dating, and then I started dating someone. So it it was it was was so much into you know my kids and making sure that the right person was around the kids. I don't think I was as concerned with what he was doing unless it was somebody that was just not good for the kids to be around. It was a really big relief once we settled. That was a huge relief and people should congratulate themselves when they settle. You know, that's a time to kind of explore and be happy, go out with your friends and celebrate. Right. So you think the money was the biggest problem for you guys in the end, like just fighting over the semantics rather than who was dating afterwards and who was doing what? Well, money, whether you have it or not, is always, you have to figure things out. That's, without saying. And sometimes the judge figures things out for you, you know, financially. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was ready to just move on. I was really ready to move on. So, but that's a great thing because there's, you know, I think a lot in a lot of marriages when one person gets left and they're not ready and then one of them starts dating, that becomes very, very difficult because then they want to hurt you again. And money can be the can be the drawback. The catalyst. Yes. Yeah. And the things that they do to you. So when you started dating afterwards, how did you start dating afterwards? Like this went on loads of dates Um, or just... It's a little scary. I think when you start dating after you've been divorced, it's to get out there is scary, but, but you need to, you need to make sure that things are proper at home first before you start doing all that, because 
then you're going to be out with your friends or out on a date and you're worrying about X, Y, and Z, which you're always certain things you're going to, but as soon as you can have your home life situated, then it's maybe time to go out with friends and slowly start creeping into that dating world. Yeah. I think it's very difficult when you start doing that right away because I don't think you're emotionally ready. Which do you think that's maybe why at the beginning you you started um, your boyfriend was younger? I mean, mine's exactly the same. My first boyfriend afterwards was younger, but maybe because it was just so different. It was carefree, a little bit more carefree. You feel like you're a teenager. I mean, that's how I felt. Completely carefree. Yeah, just not so heavy. And I think when you go through a heavy divorce and it's, it's a lot to go through. You just want lightness. You want to just be able to, but, but again, my concern though was really my kids being safe, my kids being okay. That was first. And then the rest was my girlfriends going out with friends. And then if someone nice was around, that's a plus. And that's kind of how it progressed. How, how did your children, like, did it bother your book? Cause you've got they boys. They liked him. They, they liked, liked him. him. They didn't mind. What yeah. was, they didn't mind the and age difference. And they're still friends with him. They're That's still amazing. friends with him. So it's nice because, you know, when you get out of a relationship, marriage may be a little bit more challenging. You really, at the end of the day, want to try to be friends with the person if you can. If you can't, then you can't. But for me, it was important, especially because we have kids together, to try to be his friend. It wasn't going to happen right away. But eventually it did. And I'm, I'm grateful, a very spiritual person. So I have to thank the man upstairs for that. Even relationships of people that you're dating, hopefully if it doesn't work out, you can remain friends. Some, some can and some can't. I happen to be able to do that. I can do that too. And I feel like everybody yeah. that comes into your life is for a reason. And they teach you something. So, you know, mm-hmm. as I said, I, I didn't expect Sergio to be the one. But I agree with you. I think that us sort of having been in long-term relationships and having quite, you know, serious jobs and a lot of pressure, when you meet young guys, they sort of make life light and fun. And they do. They want to have adventure and they make you feel young again. And all of these things that I think when older, as men get older, they get a bit more bitter. They get a bit more pressured. They, you know, everything's on top of them. And, you know, I see why it happens more and more and more. And it is becoming more and more common. I mean, you know, we are definitely not alone, although people like to make us feel that way. Yeah, in Hollywood, I think it's much more, becoming much more acceptable. It's certainly happening much more out here. And I and I think women are becoming so independent now that they don't, they feel they want to empower themselves and whatever makes them happy is ha- they're happy. You know, it's not a... I have to find an older man because I, I need the financial stability. I think it's now women are thinking I'm empowered. I'm going to make it on my own. And and that's what I think has shifted. Yeah. Which is, you know, a, a amazing place to be. Actually. I, I, I hope yes. my daughter's the same because I'll always teach her, you know, the man should be the cherry, not the cake. You have so many businesses that you run and you're a mom and you date like, how do you juggle all that and stay sane? Because I find it, you know, it's very hard because we do so many, I mean, you have a casino, a hockey team, nothing's the same. I always say, it's not like a man that goes to you know the office and does one profession. I have a podcast, I have a shoe line, I have this and that, you know, it, your brain works in so many different ways with the kids. Then you come home and you've got 
three, you know, I've got three children, you've got three teenagers that want your separate undivided attention. How do you do that without going nuts? Well, like my oldest is now looking at colleges. So, you know, I go with him looking at colleges. So you you need to focus. And then when they're with their father, then I can go out with my girlfriends, enjoy my time, go out on dates. So, and, and it's hard for me because I'm very close to my boys, very they're my life. They're everything to me. So my oldest now is graduating and I'm thinking to myself, all right, my twins are 16. I'm going to be an empty nester in a couple of years. What am I going to do? That to me is much more scary because I'm so used to having my boys around me. Yes. That's what I'm not looking forward to, but I have to accept it. It is what it is. Yeah. And then that's when I feel like maybe my life is about traveling much more than or, you know, really getting into projects that um, may be difficult right now to start because it's like you said, it's basketball games, it's it's sports, it's colleges, it's school events, graduation. It's a lot of little moving parts. Would you ever go back to the show? Um, I've been on, you know, as as a friend. Uh, but would I go full time? I, I don't know. I think it's kind of interesting where the show is now. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to be on there right now. I equate it sort of to giving birth. You sort of hate it when you're in it. And then afterwards, you're like, I wouldn't mind doing that again. That's what I miss is the camaraderie. Yes. And listen, it, there is no place like that show for marketing. As a businesswoman, you see it for what it is. That's why I joined. I mean, and to be honest with you, the men do really well on that show. I look at Paul, his career launched because of Housewives. So I figure, you know, that if people can stick it out and really know, you know, it, it, it's great for marketing. But but I think at this point in my life, there's so many other things I want to do that's going to take time. And I see where I'm going with that. And And really, I think about, well, what's important to me at this time? Time. Because time is important, very important. Of course, family. So those two things is what I'm moving forward. And and just like that, that, it's the time thing. Doing what I've wanted to do when my kids have been growing up and not being able to do. I agree. I think taking time for yourself, being able to travel, give yourself time in the day instead of everybody else is the greatest, greatest luxury you can have. I always say freedom is something money can't buy. But Adrian, thank you so much for coming thank on today. Thank you, yes. You just show that at anyone in any place in the world, you know, just doing what you need to want to do, living life the way you want to le- live. You're a businesswoman, you're a mom, you're an entrepreneur. And, you know, look, you're, you're still going strong. 28 years younger, lucky you. <laughs> thank you. All right, my dear. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind-the-scene action. 